Hi there. Welcome back to the business side of fitness. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. Each week on the show, we'll highlight fitness industry experts to learn about their personal journey and unique perspective. Through these conversations, we'll learn all about what it really takes to succeed in fitness. This show is brought to you by Vanessa Severiano LLC, specializing in fitness and wellness business development for impactful brands. The time has come to start the show. Everyone's got a story and now it's time to hear from this week's guest. Let's welcome to the show, Lindsay Johnson. After more than a decade of working in corporate America, Lindsay witnessed firsthand how well-being was deprioritized and often ignored entirely, leading to unhealthy and unmotivated employees. She set out to change things in 2016 by founding FitPros, a corporate wellness company whose mission is to motivate employees through physical movement and mindful education. FitPros serves leading companies around the world by designing and implementing custom wellness programs that deliver high engagement on-site employee programs. Welcome to the show, Lindsay. Hey there. Thank you so much, Vanessa. I'm glad to be here. So I am really interested in corporate wellness because there's a tremendous amount of opportunity now, I think, since of since COVID. But before we dive into that, I'd love for you to connect the dots between your career in corporate America to becoming the CEO of a workplace wellness solution. So can you connect those dots for us, please? Yeah, yeah. I'll try not to go too deep into my long journey, but <laughs> just kind of backing up a little bit. Um, So I worked in the workplace for well over a decade and my expertise was in marketing. And at the time I was, you know, in my twenties, early thirties, I was overweight. I was unhealthy. I had no idea where to look for non-fad diets or, or true wellness. And so I kind of started this little journey of my own of seeing a personal trainer at a local gym and trying that out a little bit and and going back and forth. And then finally in 2013, I hit a wall and I was dating someone that that helped me really realize that alcohol was a big part of my, what was holding me back. And so in 2013, I to stop drinking alcohol and, and I went on this recovery retreat. And I woke up out of a meditation and I said, you know what? I am just unhappy. I'm unhappy in in the corporate world, I'm going to become a yoga teacher and a personal trainer. Mind you, I had never done yoga in my life. I, I had no idea what an uh, asana was. I had no idea what, like any, anything, but I decided I, I fell in love with a teacher and I was going to follow her to India and do my teacher training there. And then I also started uh, getting my NESTA, NESTA personal training certification and through that journey, I also discovered an online health coaching school. And so I took that certification and that's always been my personality is to take on more and just do as much as I can. And so, you know, I really, just really started uh, changing internally. I, I really fell in love with, with yoga and, and learning more about myself. And so along this journey, again, still staying sober and it, it just really became so eye-opening that there was more to life. I had no idea when I was working in the workplace and, you know, working for an advertising agency where I had to be up at 7am till, you know, late into the night and pleasing clients and traveling and eating and drinking on the company's dime. And just like, it was, it was never for myself. 
And so finally, when I discovered health and wellness, I, I was working on myself. I was working on being healthier and better. But then what really triggered it for me was that I was helping other people. So when I was working one-on-one with people, I, I, watched, I saw the spark in them and that really lit me up. And so skipping ahead, in 2015, I trained for a, a fitness competition. I got down to like 10% body fat that and everything about me and and really started like escalating my my presence in the industry and but then it was just 5 days after that fitness competition that my brother passed away in a car accident. And so that was a, my second I would say just kind of rock bottom. So when he he died, I kind of went into this downward spiral of losing myself again. So two or three months went by that um I was just I went back to my old terrible eating habits and still didn't drink, but it was, it was, it was rough. And so thankfully I remembered the tools that I learned in early sobriety and in yoga and decided I was going to go backpacking through Asia by myself and, and find peace. And so while I was in Asia, I started thinking about like a business. And so I just started writing things down came in. I, I thought, you know what? I remember being that very unhealthy, unhappy person in the workplace. I know that I can help other people. So, so it just started just resonating and it started growing inside of me. When I got back, I, I met up with a, a graphic designer friend and she's like, yeah, I'll help you. I'll help you build a brand. And then we launched Fit Pros in, in January of 2016. Wow. That was a very moving story. I mean, that's very impressive. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing all of that with us. I think it's really important for people to remember that success isn't so linear, right? It's kind of like there are a lot of peaks and valleys. And I think that whenever a lot of us you know, face challenges, I know I do the same. I resort to old habits. Like my, I'm back to my old tricks, right? And that's something that, you know, we need to be aware of so that we can overcome. It's like back to, you know, what's familiar as opposed to leaning into something that might be scary. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Now, Lindsay, you came back, you're backpacking across Asia. You come up with this idea, you come back. One thing I always tell sales teams is never take a no from somebody that can't give you a yes. So you have this idea, you're back. Now it's time to get in front of decision makers and get a yes. How did you do that? How did you obtain your first clients? Oh, great question. I really started by asking questions. I, I went to people that I respected and, and, you know, former jobs that I worked for. I went to one of my managers and I was like, Hey, so I remember when I worked here, we didn't really have a, you know, a, a fitness classes on site, or we didn't have educational workshops. So what do you think about, you know, bringing those in? I've got some fitness friends that could teach these awesome classes. And so that's really how it started was just asking around, asking people that I know in my network. And then it kind of grew from there. So my friends of friends were saying, oh, I know Lindsay, she's starting this company. And it, it really just, the, the word of mouth, it spread. And how did you go about creating a team? Because I think that's one of the biggest things for entrepreneurs is like getting to that pivotal moment where it's time to hire people. When did you know that it was time to hire more people? And what did you look for in those people that you were hiring? 
Yeah. In the very beginning, I was teaching, you know, yoga in some of the fitness classes. And then as, as the, as things kept spreading, I, I realized, I mean, I, I was teaching at Equinox, which is a fantastic gym. And I had a lot of friends there. And then I, you know, had a lot of friends that were doing um, nutrition coaching. And so just really tapped into people that I trusted. Thankfully, my network was, you know, growing across the United States. And so it was, it was neat to be able to, you know, if a company in the, in San Francisco where I'm based and headquartered had an office in New York, I could call up a friend that was in New York and, and ask them like, Hey, we did yoga teacher training together in India. Are you available to, to teach this class? And here's the logistics. And, and so really just adding on trainers and teachers that I've, I've, you know, known through my, my career is really how that spread. And, you know, to your point of like growing my internal headquarters office team took a little, took a little bit longer. I, I mean, I, I was not paying myself the first almost two years, you know, and, and, and really just leaning on some friends that could do some marketing work for me or some friends that could do my, my books and, and so and paying them pennies. So that's, that's really how, you know, did the, it started building from there. And Lindsay, who's your ideal client? Is it a large corporation? Is it a small business with a certain amount of employees? Like who do you target specifically? Yeah, great question. Well, I mean, we, we don't, we service all, all sizes of, and all companies. I would say that, you know, FitPros really encourages long-term sustainable programs and the smaller companies don't always have the capabilities or the budget to do that. So Although we will do, you know, occasional like one-time fitness classes and, and, and workshops, we really encourage, you know, at least once a month something or, you know, we have many companies that do several fitness classes per week. And so it, it really varies on what a company is able to, to work with. That's kind of a dancing around your question, but <laughs> typically I would say 200 to 5,000 employees is, is pretty, is kind of our sweet spot. And so what are some of the key differentiators that you focus on when you're pitching a new client? Like what does FitPros offer that maybe other corporate wellness solutions do not? That we're really holistic. I mean, I think, you know, from start to finish, our our well-being managers work one-on-one with, with HR teams and really intake their needs. We intake, okay, tell us about your demographics, tell about what tell us about what you've done in the past, what your goals are, what are your what are your company's like missions and values and how can we align with that? So, you know, for example, this year, diversity, equity, and inclusion has just blown up. And so we have been thrilled to help companies enhance their, their, their DEI side of their, their business, but then also physical movement, of course, and, and just uh, and family. I mean, family programming this year has been really important. So I think, I think that's where FitPros can really, how we differentiate in the market is that we are very holistic and we can help uh, help in the individual employee, but then also out into their network. So I would say that that's definitely one of them. And then we've really focused, especially this year in, in social engagement, meaning, you know, coming up with activities that we're all feeling very disconnected right now. And so we want, we came up with magic shows and puppet shows for the family. We're doing a ton of challenges. So team challenges, challenges where everybody come on and just have fun and not have to be, you know, we're, we're tired of Zoom meetings. We have to just talk about work all day. So, you know, we've really started a lot of just fun and bonding and laughter. And so I would say really intentional programming is, is one of our major differentiators. 
Lindsay, you're really singing my song right now because one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the podcast is because you offer some really interesting programming like Qigong, you know, classes on sleep, ergonomics, stress management, mindfulness. And and I think when a lot of people think of corporate wellness, they think like, oh, I'm gonna sign up all my employees into like a boot camp. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons that corporate wellness, you know, in general, hasn't been very successful because a lot of these businesses sign their employees up for these gym memberships that maybe they, they just don't want, right? The employee, it's like a part of the benefits package, but I think we need to start moving towards getting more people moving and getting them healthier. And that doesn't mean sprinting on a treadmill, right? Especially for the average American, when we look at obesity and diabetes statistics, we know that these people aren't going to go from, you know, taking like a hundred steps a day to all of a sudden sprinting on a treadmill. So why do we keep trying these old solutions? So Lindsay, that brings me to my next question. What do you think the opportunities are for corporate wellness now coming out of COVID? To me, it's just kind of endless. I think there's a lot of opportunities and I'm, I'm interested in hearing your insights since you are an expert. Yeah, I agree with you. There's so many opportunities. I think um, COVID has really opened that for us in the virtual world. But what I think is, has always been the most important thing to your point, everybody's so different. Everybody has their own needs. Everybody is very individual. And so we highly encourage them to, to survey. So, so we have some clients that are like, oh, we send so many surveys about so many other things. We don't want to you know, bombard them with their wellness. And we're just going to take a guess at what they want. Why would you do that? Why would you, you know, that know that you need to invest in their well-being so that they're, they're, they perform better, they're a happier employee, but then you're not going to ask them what they want? So that is one of the biggest shockers to me that, that when companies don't survey. And so that, that again, is one of the things that we start in the very beginning is we have a template survey if they want to use ours um, to ask their employees what they want to do. So I think that really helps well-being companies design integrated programs for, for corporations. And then, you know, what COVID's brought on is this virtual that, that you know, prior to COVID, FitPros was on site, we were we were ninety nine percent on site wellness. We did you know ver- when we did an on site talk, we would stream it to other offices, but rarely did we do as much virtual as we are today. And so I think that COVID has brought on a ginormous opportunity for for virtual. And you know we we are we are excited that this is going to be a whole new part of our business. I mean. Um, has allowed us, we've, we've surpassed the revenue goal that we set before COVID. And believe you me, I was, I was in the fetal position, unsure of how the heck we were going to survive this year back in March. And then, and then companies started realizing how much they needed to support their employees still. So I think that COVID has, has, has really allowed teams around the world to connect with each other in, in a whole new way that we never had before. You know, you make such a good point about surveying people. I think I I also, 
you know, with my clients that I work with, I'm like, not only do you need to survey your employees, you need to survey your, your clients to understand, you know, what they're looking for and what your idea is might not necessarily resonate with your employees or your clients and, and people change what they're looking for. Right. At COVID is a perfect example. Before COVID, I was into hit workouts, go after, you know, since COVID, it's like my cortisol and stress levels are so high with having two kids home all day, every day, and just the pressures of everything that's happening in the world. And now I'm more into yoga and Pilates because I need to be relaxed, not stressed out. So you brought up a really great point about surveying and, and we need to constantly be be conducting these surveys and looking to how we can meet our consumers and our employees needs. So one of the things that you are able to achieve for companies is you're able to really help them foster community and culture for their teams. Lindsay, how do you foster community and culture within your FitPro team? So many ways. So we have one-on-ones with our HQ team. We have a one-on-one with every person on the team. So throughout the week, you you have whether it's you know just a 15-minute check-in, like how was your weekend, or you spend you know 30 minutes of actually talking about work that you have to do. Everyone has a connection with someone else on the team. We have two. We have like our, our design call early in the week, and then we have an operations call later in the week where it's it's more of an all hands. Everybody gets on there. Before we kick off every team meeting, we always do a check-in question. So someone on the team has to pick the question. So we oh, it's and it's it's usually something personal. I think you know sometimes it's any anything from like you know what are you doing for Thanksgiving to what are your greatest fears. And so we oh we just kind of dive into really getting to know each other personally. And when we were allowed to be you know when it was safe, when it was safe to be in person, we do big quarterly meetings wherever. Everyone around the country flies in and we'll do like bringing a massage person. We'll do like massage and we'll play games throughout the day and big learnings. And and then I think Thanksgiving, we cooked a big meal at my house last year. And, and so we just team bonding camaraderie. Is, is huge. And, you know, we're all also just actively learning. And so we send each other sessions on whether it's, you know, a DEI learnings or whether it's just being a better manager learnings and we try to do them. A couple of us will jump on in the same session and just like learn and then brainstorm afterwards. So I would say there's just a lot. There's, yeah, there's so many things that we try to do that, that keeps us connected with each other. I really do think it's so important because every company that I've worked for that's been very successful had a, has had a really strong foundation on the back end side. And I think that's something that sometimes a lot of organizations overlook, right? They're like so focused on how they are client facing that they forget about their team. And really your team is what makes your business. And when people are happy working for a company, it shows through to the clients, like energy transfers and you can pick up on those vibes. And when somebody is hating life or hating, you know, their, the business that they're working for, that comes through as well. They don't have to say the exact words, but we know from sales and marketing, right? Nonverbal cues, it gives it all away. So <laughs> kudos to you for actually fostering that environment among your team. I think it's so important. So, Lindsay, what's been the biggest challenge for you since stepping away from corporate America to start FitPros? It seems like since you started the business, there's been a lot of success. Has there been any challenges or failures? Yeah, I mean, 
my motto in life has has been since you know since I had my first epiphany seven years ago was a student for life, and so. I truly believe that if we don't make mistakes, then we don't continue learning. And so, uh, you know, at FitPros, I really encourage everyone on the team to, to, to take chances, to, you know, say yes and learn as we go. And so there's certainly been some, some misses and, you know, some, some of the, the things that make me the most sad is when we can't, when we, when we, if there is a disappointed client and, and that really hits home and we want to we want to learn from that and fix that as soon as we can. And so it happens. I mean, I think we're all human and we all make mistakes. And so the, I think the, the best thing we can all do, whether it's from personal life or professional is to learn from it and, and, you know, and, and, and move forward. And so, so professionally, yeah, there's, there's definitely been some hurdles this year. We started, you know, we launched a ton of new virtual programs that we never had before. And then we started a physical delivering care package packages to employees' homes. And that was, we've never had a product before. So this is, that has the, the, some of the, the failures and, and learnings and trying to find a fulfillment house and trying to find the right, the items to go in the care packages. Whew, it's been, it's been a wild ride. And Lindsay, how has your vision for FitPros shifted, right? So you had this idea when you were back in the day, when you were backpacking in Asia, right? You came up with this concept. How has it evolved since then? And then where do you see the business headed in the future? Yeah. When I first started this, I thought every, I thought companies wanted cookie cutter. I thought every company was going to want, you know, three, fitness classes per week and two workshops, health talks per month. And, and I thought it was going to be very, very cookie cutter. Not at all. Never once in five years have we had one company that wanted the same thing as another company. And so that was a huge learning is to be very flexible and more than anything, intake their needs and, and work around what works for their demographics. And, and, and so that was one of the, the biggest learnings. And then just developing new new programs along the way. I mean, when I first started this, we had three. I, I had uh, three programs, health fairs, fitness classes, and health talks. And today we have, well, prior to COVID, we had 35 on-site programs. Today with COVID, I, I mean, it's it's definitely doubled. So with, with the virtual things that we can now offer. So I would say just, just being very flexible has been my greatest learning. How do you encourage buy-in from the employees? Like, how do you help companies make sure that this program is successful, that people are attending events, that they're actually working out, right? Because that's one of the biggest reasons that large businesses invest in a program like this. So how do you help them actually make sure that it's being executed and people are showing up for themselves and for their company? Truly, that, that is one of the biggest hurdles. That is, that is one of the biggest hurdles because oftentimes companies will, will decide very last minute that they want to do something, you know, right before open enrollment, we're going to have a big health fair. Well, you need time to market it. You need time to internally promote it. And so, you know, one of the, one of the things that I can suggest to companies is to be, to be highly successful is to plan in advance and, you know, and truly set aside intentional budget for it. You know, after you learn what your employees need and want, intentionally set aside budget to help them, to, to truly help them. Don't just throw money at something because you think you need to have a wellness program. 
do it intentionally to, to help their mental health or help their physical movement and, and plan for it. So I think that, and then on our side, we have a, a design team that creates marketing collateral for, for our clients to internally promote. And so, you know, we have, let's say if we have a health talk, um, say it's a nutrition expert, we'll create a flyer that has the speaker's bio on it and their photo and the description of the talk, the date and the time. And then corporations can, can email blast that out to their employees. We also give them email templates to, to help. So they don't have to like make up um, the copy to, to, to promote internally. We'll write out a series of emails to help them internally promote the, the programming. Are there any programs in particular that you were kind of surprised by the outcome? Like there was maybe a specific talk or, or exercise class that you offered that resonated with people more than others. Any, any surprises there? I would say most recently, the biggest surprises uh, for me were the magic shows and puppet shows. Those just kind of a client asked, they're like, hey, we've got a lot of uh, parents here. Can you do those? And, and those were a hit. The, the most recent one that I actually participated in is art therapy. And because uh, we have art classes where, where people can learn how to draw something, but art therapy is truly, it feels like you're in a coaching session with, with a therapist because you're, she has you drawing out different things that are just meaningful to you and you don't have to share it, which is the kind of the cool part. She kind of coaches you through what to draw. And but then at the end or throughout, there is an opportunity for people to share. And so I really resonated with that. That because I feel like in a lot of recovery programs, you get to um, talk to people and relate to people. And so I thought that was a really neat opportunity for people who want to, to share, they can do that and they can be vulnerable. And so surprisingly, that, that, has, that has been a very popular thing. And I, I wasn't sure if it would be in the workplace because, you know, in, in the past, corporations would sometimes try to keep personal things out of the workplace. But I think more and more these days, they realize that you can't keep those things separate. People to be their whole self have to be able to be, feel comfortable and feel included and, and welcomed. And so I think that's something that's evolving in the workplace. I couldn't agree more. Actually, I just had Anna, who's the chief marketing officer for Les Mills on the podcast recently. And we were talking about leading with your humanity and how, especially for women, sometimes in the workplace, it's like you're trying to be one of the guys like, you know, and sometimes, you know, thanks to, you know, people like Brene Brown and, and daring leadership and, you know, it's leading with your humanity and showing people like, hey, you know, I am a person and being vulnerable at work. I mean, those lines now more than ever, now that I'm, you know, recording this podcast at my dining room table, which before I wouldn't allow anybody to put anything on here except for plates, you know, now those lines are blurred more than ever and you have to, you know, embrace it all to, to make it work. So that's a really great point, Lindsay. At any point, you know, do you look back and think like, okay, I wish somebody would have given me this advice or I wish I would have known this when I was starting this business. I think there's a lot of things that I've personally lear learned from the school of hard knocks, you know, and, and then I've also learned some things, some great lessons, great advice from, from mentors that I've had in the past. Is there anything that is a piece of advice that you wish you would have gotten that maybe you'd like to share with the audience? 
Yeah. Two things come to mind. So first I was so scared, so scared in the beginning about choosing the wrong CRM, choosing the wrong accounting system, choosing who knows what. And so I would just go, I would spin and spin and spin. And and I was too afraid to make decisions on like just trying, you know, whatever payroll service or trying, because I didn't want to waste money either. I'm a a very frugal person. So I, I wanted to make smart decisions, but that held me back from making any decision. And so I think, I think, you know, of course, ask as many people as you possibly can and and then just make decisions and take risks. So I think, you know, learning that it, it, it took me definitely into year two before I, I pulled the trigger on making a lot of those decisions. <clears throat> and then second, I would say becoming a more attentive manager and leader. Um, definitely still learning every day. I feel like I'm learning something new. But what keeps coming to the top of my mind is just to stop and listen to my team and know that they're all individual. They all have different needs. They all have different ways that they work. And so as a leader, I just be very respectful about how this person works different than this person and let them be who they are in order to shine. And so not, you know, I don't, I don't require my team to work nine to five by any means. You guys work on your own time. If you want to go get your hair done in the middle of the day, do you and get your work done. And so that that's really how how I, I want to build this company and, and 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 allow people to be there, be themselves. I love everything you just said. <laughs> yeah, I think that sometimes indecisiveness holds people back and and not being able to step out of your comfort zone. I mean, I I definitely have learned a lot about that in this in my own entrepreneurial journey. You know, I had a friend tell me the other day like, "Hey, you need to be doing reels on Instagram." And I'm like, "I don't do video. I only like, you know, I'm good like with words or like I could throw up a picture, but video, it's too awkward. I'm 41. Do I really want to start doing videos. And then I was like, you know what? Why not? Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You have to be able to take risks and those risks can be tiny, like that little win that I just had, or they could be huge, like going after large accounts. So thank you so much, Lindsay, for sharing your story with us. It's been really amazing to learn how you started this from, you know, being in in corporate America to starting your own business and everything that happened in between. If somebody wants to connect with you or learn more about FitPros, how can they do that? Yeah. Email us at hello at fitpros.com and visit fitpros.com. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Absolutely. Thank you, Vanessa. everyone. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. I have a huge favor to ask of you. If you found value in this episode, I'd love it if you would please subscribe, review, and share this episode. It would really mean so much to me. I truly love connecting with fitness and wellness experts. So if you'd like to be on the show or are looking for help in your business, definitely drop me a line and connect with me. You can find me at hello at vanessasevariano.com or my social media handles. Since my last name is not the easiest to spell, I'm going to go ahead and make it really easy for you and link my contact details in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Catch you on the next episode.